I'm not trying to put together a team so that the parents get along in the lobby. You guys are all grown adults. Figure it out. Your kid's not flying. Your kid is flying. Your kid's basing. Your kid's not basing. It is what it is. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 133. Not sure if there's going to be a 134, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Do you ever wonder about the balance between skill and size in cheerleading positions? Well, today we're unraveling the nuances of physical attributes, talent, and team cohesion. Plus, we address a listener's dilemma about an athlete's desire to quit the cheer team in the middle of the season. And exploring the complexities of that parental decision. Should they let them quit or should they force them to keep cheering? But that's not all. We also have the question of the week where we share practical strategies for making practices not only productive, but also fun. Helping coaches build not only lively practice atmospheres, but also maintaining a focused and disciplined practice. But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer education and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike. And when we can, bridging the gap between the parents and the coaches. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcast. Quick shout out to Claire who helps us stay on top of things on IG. Shout out to Jenny who edits the pod. Shout out to my mother. Love you, mom. Shout out to Sheila, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there. Our mate, Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine. Shout out to Adam and Casey. Shout out to Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. Lauren Clark. Shout out to Bode. Say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal. And our two newest supporters, Erica and Austin. Erica, Austin, truly means a lot to me that you would donate financially to the show. Again, everything donated goes towards making this a better show for your listening pleasure. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes to do so, but if you're looking for the best free way to support the show, the best free way is to share this podcast. Simply share it with another person who loves cheer just as much as you do. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all of you parent listeners out there and asks the questions that you guys have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more what's good. Well, showcase is this Sunday for us, which this episode I'm sure will go after we've already had showcase. So I'm definitely really excited for that. As a parent's perspective, like we just drop our kids off and then we're excited to see their first performance. But I know like behind the scenes, there's so much that goes into it for you guys and for Ashley and the coaches and everything like that. So really excited for it. I think this is when it really starts to set in that it's comp season. 
because mm-hmm. we have our showcase next weekend. We have Ontario showcase competition, whatever we want to call it, you know, and then we're on a little bit of a break, just a couple weekend break, which I'm, there might be some extra practices. I don't know. Haven't looked at the schedule, but then when we hit, get to December, it's like full on, you know, Pomona, Vegas, I mean, getting ready for Indy, like it just really starts to happen. Palm Springs. So, you know, I was sitting down the other day and I'm like, oh, wow, we're almost there to comp season. So just getting really excited for that. Yeah, it's cool. It's uh team's looking good. I'm excited. So you never know. That's the crazy thing. You never know what the kids are actually going to do out there on the stage. But with the practices we've been having, they've been going. So when the kids don't hit that always like, oh, man, they, like whether it's showcase or competition, I'm like, man, that sucks. But what I always like is that when I know we've prepared ourselves, like, you know, like we were prepared. We just didn't hit that day and it is what it is. Like I have a lot more peace knowing that we're at least prepared. Like, and there's been some seasons, especially when I was a younger coach and just trying to figure it out where I knew we weren't quite prepared. And I was just hoping that they could pull it together under the lights and the adrenaline. Like, okay, well maybe the adrenaline and maybe, you know, they will be focused more locked in and they'll be able to pull it off, you know? But now I just have so much more peace knowing like, all right, well we prepared, we did everything we could do. Mm -hmm. at this point and you know whether they hit or not it's not through lack of preparation on our end like things just happen to happen so real excited about this weekend so we'll see what the teams you know how they look you know that'll be a good little tune-up before our first actual competition like you said in Ontario and then a few weeks off to really tune things up fine-tune things for um, you know our first two-day event in Pomona in December and then you know like you said American Grand and after that we are really off to the races so here we go but yeah I wanted to say this because this is actually funny I mean you already caught up on this but I had to tell the audience so last week I was like hey guys hot take you should pick up phone numbers you don't know and later that day I got a phone call from a number I didn't know and I'm looking at it and actually low-key I thought it was you playing a joke on me like I was like, it's got to be Brittany, right? She's like, he'll pick this up. So I see the number, don't know the number, pick it up. And it ended up being a very important phone call. I needed to pick that phone call up. And I was like, oh, I'm very glad I picked up this phone call because I did not want to miss this. So anyway, so pick up just public service announcement from your boy. Pick up numbers you don't know. Oh, this is for real. Another public service announcement. Not a hot take. Just a public service announcement to all coaches out there. Guys, this is your reminder. Public service announcement. I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but coaches send in your legality videos. There you go. It's cop season, baby. So anyway, should we get into our first? Actually, should I I do another hot take? Yes, do. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, why not? No, you know, we can move on. Um, no, this one's going to get me canceled. I already know. You are, you're not going to agree with me. I know who you are, B. You're not going to agree with me on this at all. Okay, I still do it. I don't necessarily see the entire point, mm-hmm. but I still do it. You know when you're walking on the sidewalk with your husband? Yep. Uh-huh. You guys are walking, you know, you're just going to walk down the street. Hey, let's walk down the street somewhere. Your husband, he walks on the, the outside, like closest to the sidewalk or not close to the side, closest to the street, the cars, right? Yeah. I, I'm not sure why we actually do that. Like <laughs> I get why we do it, but how often are cars coming up on the curb and then only taking out one person, right? <laughs> Like, how often does that actually happen? <laughs> like, oh, did it, did it, oh, good thing my husband was there. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> okay, well, let me say that if a car comes up on the curb, people are getting hit. Multiple people are getting hit. So it's like maybe well, it's, it's just in case, Ryan's going to you know, be so mad at you. He's going to be like, Jason, from now, now on, people. you better be on the outside of Ashley. Oh, no, I am. I always am. I always am. I'm just like, but you know, we're walking and then we cross, like, we're having a great conversation. We're holding hands and then we cross the street and then make a, a right turn. Now we're on the wrong sides again. And it's like, hey, you got to switch sides with me real quick. You know, I'm not trying to have anyone take a picture of me, post me on Facebook. Look at this jerk right here. He's got his wife next to the cars. The dangerous world we live in. <laughs> So I always switch with her. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well, so anyway, go ahead, B. <laughs> Ryan Can't definitely, like, he gets angry sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll just don't even think about it and I'll get out of the car and I'll start walking. Like, even when we're walking in, like, the Walmart or Target parking lot and I'm on the outside and not on the inside, he's like, why do you always do that? You need to be on the inside. And I'm like, oh, gosh, sorry, you know. But maybe, I mean, maybe it's not a car. What if you got a bike rider that's riding and a bike rider is going to try to snatch someone, the woman's purse, you know, instead of men don't carry purses, you know, most of the time. So, you know what I mean? Like, maybe they're going to, like, push you down or something and they'd rather the husband be pushed down than the wife. There you go. I got you. I always just figured it was the cars coming up. <laughs> rampant cars coming up on the curb. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> Ryan, thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a good man. <laughs> Somebody's got to braid those kids' hair for cheer call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Oh, gosh. That's, that's-, that, that's my unpopular opinion for today. All right, here we go. Let's get into some cheerleading. Let's hop into uh, what's popping with the parents. This is our segment where we find out what the parents are talking about. What are the parents talking about on Facebook, on TikTok, in the groups? You know, what's the hot tea? So, you know, you guys keep spilling that tea on your pages and on your Facebook, your Instagrams, and we might find it and put it on the show. So, B, what's popping with the parents? Okay, so I really like this one. I've been dying to talk about this one on the podcast. So anonymous member posted, so my seven-year-old has been in cheer for a year. She begged and begged to do it for a few months until I could finally save up enough for her to do sideline. Six months in and she wants to quit. Should I just let her or push her to finish the season and let her quit after? I don't feel like I'm forcing her, but I also don't want to have wasted all the money invested into making sure she has the best season she possibly could have had for her first time in cheer. I'm literally so irritated because I don't know what to do. Please, mamas, help me understand and please be kind as I'm super emotional at this point. Oh, all right. Now, before we get back to the show, I need you to listen up. We've heard from many of you who are eager to dive into the preparing for full outs training, but can't make the live call. Well, we've got great news for you. We've taken your feedback to heart and transformed it into an accessible on-demand online course. You can now access the Preparing for Full Out system at your own pace whenever it suits you. No need to worry about scheduling conflicts or missing out. This comprehensive course will walk you through every step week by week, just like the live training. So whether you're a coach or an owner, this is your opportunity to equip yourself, equip your staff, and equip your teams for success as the competition season approaches. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today to start your journey towards full out perfection. Link 
in the show notes. So she signed her her kiddo up for rec cheerleading. They're six months in. Kiddo's not feeling it. And she's like, Mom, I don't want to do this anymore. So mom's conflicted. Should I let her quit? But I don't want to let her quit and make her happy. Or do I force her? You know, I don't want to force her to do it. But I've already invested all this money into this into this program. And, you know, I'm conflicted. So what should I do? Also, be nice. We'll see. I think I hope I'm going to be nice. I don't know what I'm going to say. All right. But be be nice. <laughs> don't be don't be less when you can be more nice. All right. What are your thoughts on it? Okay. First of all, my girls were young when they wanted to do cheer. I think they started asking me when they were like six, maybe seven, maybe six or seven. I said no the first year because I told them like, no, it's super expensive. Like I, we just, it's not the right time. Then after doing some research, I did find out that our gym has a prep teams and it's costly. It's not cost more costly. Efficient. Uh, what's the word I want to use? It's or cost friendly. Yes. More cost efficient at the time for us than an elite team was. Started crunching some numbers. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Cool. Then my kids fell in love, obviously. And here we are years ahead. I personally would tell her she has to stick it out for the season. And for multiple reasons. For one, you have already invested money. And whether it's $400 or $4,000, this mother had to save. And I'm sure she had to make some sacrifices to save so her daughter could do something she really wanted to do. But also, if you don't let her quit, I feel like you're teaching her that you can't quit at everything. You need to finish your commitments to what you sign up for. Now, if she's just wanting to quit because like, she's just not having fun or it's not as cool as she thought it was going to be, that's when I say, no, she needs to finish what she started. And I would do that for my girls. I've never let my girls quit a sport that they've tried, whether they're miserable or not. Now, I do think that there are reasons when quitting is okay. If your child is really being bullied and you've brought it to the coaches and the coaches aren't doing anything about it. If your kids are being mistreated by the coaches and you've talked to the coaches and they're still mistreating your children. If there is something going on behind the scenes, you know, maybe with like a mom and a dad and the dad always shows up and the daughter doesn't want the dad, you know, like it's more in depth things. I think there are sometimes reasons for quitting being okay. But what it seems like to me is that she just is probably over it. And I think that the mother should make her stick it out. There we go. B, I will say I pretty much agree with everything you said just now. Yeah, I think that this mom and parents in general should make their kids finish their commitments, right? And exactly what you said, I feel that when we let the athletes determine like, hey, I don't want to, you know, yeah, I'm just over it. Like, it's not as fun as I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought it was going to be a flyer. I thought it was going to be on this team. I thought this was going to happen. When those things and those things don't come to fruition for the athletes, Oh, yeah, I kind of want to quit. I think you should make the athlete stick it out. And I hear this a lot from parents. Well, I don't want to force them. Like, I don't want to make them do that thing. But parents force their kids to do the right thing all of the time. I guarantee if you gave uh, kids the option, half of them wouldn't go to school. They just go, I'm not going to school today. And you go, no, 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 you're going to school. You got to go. You got to get an education, kiddo, right? I don't want to eat my dinner. I don't want to eat my broccoli. I don't want to. I'd rather eat cake every day. Day. Yeah, but you can't do that, kid, because that's not healthy for you. Because you, you as a parent, understand the long term effects of you know not having a nutritious diet, right, and creating these habits in their life. And so, parents force their kids to do the right thing all the time, even when the kid doesn't want to do it. Yes, I do think that parents should force their kids to finish 
the sport, finish their commitments in general, right? For their benefit. It's not for the benefit of the team. It's for the benefit, strictly for the benefit of their child when it comes to reasons why you would let them quit. Yeah, they're being, you know, I would say abuse. Abuse might be too heavy of a word, but abuse in general. And I, you know, even, you know, bullying to some extent. I think there's kids that don't get along with other kids and they just, I just don't like her. She gets under my skin. I would probably still, it, I guess it depends on what your definition of bully means. But if there's kids on the team that they just simply don't get along with and they just, you know, don't like them, I still think in that case they should finish the season because there are people, maybe not where you work now, be not with your current coworkers, but where you used to work, I'm sure there are people who you just flat out didn't like. And you're just like, man, I just can't stand this lady. I can't mm-hmm. stand this guy, right? And we all, but at the end of the day, B, you still have bills to pay. You still have mortgage and a car payment and a cheer payment and kids still got to eat. And regardless of how you feel about Karen, you still got to go to work and provide for the family, right? And Ryan still has, you know, he has to deal with knuckleheads all day, I'm sure. At least at his old job, maybe at his job right now, right? But we all have to deal with freaking knuckleheads. And at the end of the day, we've got to learn how to work with people that we don't always agree with, right? At least in the short term. And I'm not saying in the long term, you have to be miserable your entire life and work at one place. But I think in the short term, we definitely have to be able to say, hey, it is a 12 month commitment and I can grind this out for 12 months. It's a six month commitment. I can put up with this for six months before I move on to something else. Like I I gave them my word, I'm going to go ahead and finish this. So, and I think it 100% teaches athletes resilience. I mentioned my dad earlier, you know, he's the one who taught me, you know, walk on this side of the street, Mm -hmm. right? You know, my mom, and I've said this story a billion times about my mom not letting me quit baseball, but we have new listeners. So you guys get to hear the story once again. But yeah, you know, I grew up doing sports and I was pretty, I was a pretty natural athlete at all the sports I did, except for baseball, right? If I'm young and I want to try out everything and I try out baseball and I am absolutely terrible at it. Just bad, bad, bad. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm so bad. You know, I'm that kid on the team that everyone is making fun of, right? I remember this is a true story. I I don't think I've told this part of the pod before. (laughs) I was in biology class, like my sophomore year in high school. And I'm sitting next to this guy named Kobe. And me and Kobe are talking. Kobe was a big soccer player at our school. And we're talking and we're talking about something. And and we brought up baseball. I was like, oh yeah, I I did Pony Leagues here when I was younger. He's like, dude, you did. You rode the pine. And he's like, you definitely rode the pine. I'm like, man, how's he remember? So we were on the same team. We're just in the same league. And he's like, dude, I definitely remember you. Probably because we were like the only two black kids in the league, right? <laughs> that was the other black guy. But, you know, he, I just remember him like roasted me. And he's like, I remember you. You weren't on my team and I knew you were bad. So... <laughs> And I wanted to quit, right? I'm begging my mom every day. Mom, I want to quit. This is terrible. I want to quit. And she's like, nah, son, you got to fit. You you don't. And she always say this. She always used to say this. Son, you don't need to sign up next year. You don't need to play this year. But you do need to finish this season, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not helping the team by being here, mom. Like, I'm not doing anyone any favors, right? And she didn't let me quit. A couple years later, this is my first year playing baseball. Quit. A couple years later, you know, I, I don't play. And then I have a couple of good days in PE playing baseball in PE and at the batting cages. And I'm like, I'm good at baseball again. 
And so I decide, I'm like, mom, sign me up. She's like, Jason, <laughs> you don't want to play. I'm like, no, for real. Come on, sign me up. Signs me up for baseball. I'm just as bad as I was the first time. And, you know, same thing happened. I want to quit. Doesn't let me quit. Jason, you don't have to play next year, but you are going to finish this season. And it just taught me so much about resilience and finishing your commitments, right? And so I really do think that athletes need to learn how to finish commitments and not make a habit out of quitting. There's actually true story. Joey was in class, gymnastics class the other day. You know, they're 45 minute classes at her age, right? And we're going and she has to go to the bathroom, right? So, you know, the teacher weighs me down. The coach weighs me down. Hey, she needs the bathroom, right? So I walk out and grab her, take her to the bathroom. She's like, daddy, I don't want to go back. I don't want to finish class today. And I'm like, B, you're not going to believe me. But I told her the story, that story I just told you about quitting baseball. I go, you know, daddy didn't like baseball. <laughs> to my three-year-old, daddy didn't like baseball, you know, but you know, grandma made made daddy finish. And she's like, she he, she did? I'm like, yeah. So um, daddy's going to make you finish this last 10 minutes of class. It was five minutes of class. You know, so she went, so I forced her out there. I put her in, she's crying, kicking and screaming. And I put her in the class and I ran out the gym and, you know, poor coach had to deal with a crying kid, but I'm not teaching my kid to be a quitter. That, you know, I'm not teaching my kid to be a quitter. I'm teaching her to be resilient. So there you go. Anyway, B, anything else? Anything you want to follow up on anything? Got anything for us? No, I said my piece. I mean, I do as a parent and as a mom think there are certain circumstances that quitting is okay, but I think it truly depends on the situation that what is going on and everybody's life situations are different and, you know, some things are just totally unexpected. So I do think there are certain circumstances that are okay with quitting. But if you just don't, if their kid just doesn't want to be there and that's the only reason, then I would make my kids keep going, you know? We never know what people are going through. So that's all I can say on that. There you go. All right. Well, on that note, we'll go ahead and we will get to a break. And when we come back, we've got our sounds like that question of the week. And we are back. This question comes to us from Coach Lauren. Routine cleanup staff, original choreographer, guest coach with a fresh set of eyes. Great question. And honestly, we do all three. Lots of cleaning up from our own staff. We'll bring back the original choreographers. We'll do coaches swaps within our program. And I'll do video reviews for our coaches and our teams. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for a big event, I'd love to help you out. You send me your routine and I'll send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D. To Summit Champion. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or on IG at Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. Link in the show notes. And we are back. Now we're going to get into our sounds like that question of the week. Sounds like that. The official music provider for the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and all of our American cheer tracks from our tiny novice team through our mid-season teams all the way through up our all of our elite teams. And B, we just got music. I'm not sure. Have you heard it yet? Oh, I've heard it. And let me tell you, yeah, I like, <laughs> I've heard it's it. It's been nonstop. Yep. And let me tell you, those are some 
fire tracks. You know, my kids are on Junior Blue, so I'm a little bit more like biased towards how awesome Junior Blue is. So if you want some music like Junior Blues or any other American cheer teams, you have to check out Sounds Like That. There you go. Let them know this Let's Talk Cheer podcast sent you. Yeah, it's super, it's super cool. Music just came in. So it's been nonstop repeat. It's been a lot of fun. It's always so much fun to get new music in. So yeah, I got some good one-liners in there. And you know what? Junior Blues Pyramid is, I absolutely love it. I'm not sure if you can distinguish what section is what as you listen to it as a parent, but you know, you can just, you know, you listen to cheer music a while, you know, certain sections have like a certain feel to them, right? But the pyramid, like when it came on, I was like, okay, okay, this is a moment. It's time to shine or whatever. I'm not even sure what the lyrics say at this point, but it was just, (laughs) I was just like, I do, I freaking love this. So anyway, all right, let's get into that. Sounds like that question of the week. And if you have a question that you want to send in, there's a link in the description. Click on on the link, send us your question, and we will uh, be sure to get to those questions. Boom. All right, B, let's hear it. All right. So this person submitted like two questions. So first part of the question is, how do you find time to make it fun, but also use every minute of practice time to perfect the routine? There we go. All right. Yeah. So that's actually a, a good question. And that's something that I personally have struggled with as a coach over the years, because like I said before, I grew up playing sports and, you know, real traditional sports, football, baseball, basketball, right? And we didn't really, I don't ever really remember our coaches making practice fun. I had fun and enjoyed just doing the sport. Like football in itself was enough for me. Like my coaches didn't need to make practice fun. Like just doing the sport was fun, like doing the drills and doing everything. And that was enough fun for me, right? And so I didn't really have a good frame of reference and neither did my cut when I started cheering. My coaches never really made practice fun. It was just fun trying to get new skills and and do that whole thing, right? And so we certainly didn't like play games at practice or try to make practice fun, right? We had fun people on our teams and that would make practice fun. Or if you have a, a fun coach, just a naturally, you know, fun or funny coach, you know, those things make practice fun. But it was hard for me to like really like being intentional about making practice fun because when I became a coach, I just wanted to put in work. Like I was like, I'm not here to play games. I'm here to make it happen, right? Like we had to go and compete against other teams. And so I'm not all about, you know, having fun at practice, right? I was just trying to compete and make our, put our team in the best position to be successful. But eventually, actually, Ashley's actually really good. I actually learned that we need to have more fun from Ashley because when we were coaching at PCM, she would just do so many different games with like her mini teams. And I'm like, man, these kids are always having fun at practice. Like they, they just, that just looks like a fun practice. But can't be me. <laughs> no, sir, Bob. We get, we put in this work, but Ashley always like so jealous of her, like just natural ability to make practice fun. And so, you know, this coach, this question is, you know, how do I balance those two things? And I'm still not great at it. But one thing that I have found is that you want to make sure everything that you do, you should try to turn it into a game. If you turn whatever you're doing at practice that day into a game, the athletes 100% will be more engaged and have more fun as they're going through practice, right? And so I'll reel off a couple of my favorite games. And this is just a simple one, right? <clears throat> we're marking through routines. We just did this the other day. We're marking through routines. Like, oh, hey guys, we're gonna play a game. And this game is called Who is Sharper Than Karma? Karma's on the team. Karma, I think, is a pretty sharp kid. Who can be sharper than karma? And, you know, I go, hey, Rylan, do you think you could be sharper than karma? You know, she'll, yeah, I could be sharper than her. Hey, do you think? And as simple as that 
sounds, it really does get their kids. I really see them put in extra effort. I see them putting extra effort when it comes to the mark through and I see them having more fun. We did this other game with trivia cart. So when we were preparing for the full out routines, like we're doing this thing where we run different sections of the routine. Now, real quick, another PSA. If you want to get the preparing for full outs course that is available online link in the show notes, but we're going through this system where we are just running these sections. And in order for the kids to move on, they have to hit the section twice, right? And so, but I would bust out these trivia cards and go, okay, they go, they hit the section and I would pull out the card and go, okay, if you get the answer right to this trivia question, then you you only have, you we get to move on to the next section. If you don't get the question right, then we have to, you know, do the section twice or whatever, right? And so that was a lot of fun. I'm pulling out this thing and, you know, what year did Columbus sail the ocean blue, right? And they're like, 1992. And I'm like, nope, that is incorrect. Go back to history class, right? And so, you know, we go and we have fun like that. That was a lot of fun. And actually, I really like this one is when we are doing this. We haven't done it this year yet, but we'll get there eventually. This is like one of my favorite things. We busted out a pack of just playing cards, right? 52 cards. And the goal was to get up to 50 points at a practice. So they would do a section. If they hit the section, they got to pull a card. They pull the card. And if it's an eight, they got eight points. Awesome. They do the section again. They pull a card. It's a five. They got another five points, right? We're on our way to 50. Oh, they dropped that section, right? We're doing pyramid now. They dropped. Oh, still got to pull a card. Oh, this time they pulled a king. You just lost 10 points, right? And so, and at the end of practice, we had 50 points. They got a free dress up day. And I would come into practice and pump this thing up. And I would go, all right, guys, here we go. We have got 50. We are 50. We're trying to get the 50 points right here. We got our cards and you're going to get a free dress up day. And I'm telling you, you can dress up as anything you want. You got a new Lululemon sports bra that you've been dying to wear to practice. You can wear that to practice. How about a cowboy hat? Oh, you could wear your favorite cowboy hat. How about that prom dress that you only wore one time to prom? You can come to practice in your prom dress, guys. Pajamas you feel like sleeping in? Come to practice in your pajamas. That way you can go straight home, go to bed, don't even have to change out of your clothes, right? I'm pumping it up. Senior Black got the 50 points, right? Everyone else, you know, a lot of teams got the 50 points and they came into practice just in whatever. Senior Black, when they came in, we legit had a girl in a prom dress. I was like, oh, she's like legit in a prom dress right now. So ton of fun. That was a good one. We've done Stunt Group of the Night, which is actually another really fun game that we've done. And so Stunt Group of the Night, I think I might have talked about this on the pod before. I'm not sure. But we took a trophy from, where'd we go? Myrtle Beach. We went to Can-Am. Took that trophy, little clear trophy, and I wrote on it. And it said Stunt Group of the Night. And I'm like, all right, guys. And here's how Stunt Group of the Night works. Every time, you know, we'd be looking for something uh, particular. Maybe we're working on formations that day at practice. And so every time a group got in the right formation, right, we're doing our transitions and they did the right formation, then that Stunt Group would get a point, right? Here we go. Susie's group gets a point. All right, let's do it again. Oh, Susie's group and Becca's group both made it to the right formation. You got to get a point. And now we're going to work on pointed toes and our heel stretches. And, you know, everyone who pointed their toes would get a point, right? And so we just accumulate points. And the stunt group with the most points at the end of the night was the stunt group of the night. And they got to take their picture. We put it on Instagram. It was a lot of fun. And we do that. But I would pump that thing up too. And be like, guys, we're going for that trophy right there. That stunt group of the night. Now, do you think they have this trophy at Cheer Athletics? No, no, they do not. Do you think they have this trophy at Top Gun? No, no, they do not. Do you think, oh, here we go. Shout out to, to Jordan Alcazar because I know he listens to the 
pod. Do you think they have this trophy at SC? No, no, they do not. So guys, this is the most coveted trophy in all of cheerleading. And you guys have the opportunity to win it tonight. And you know, they get all pumped up. They're laughing and joking and all that stuff. And so we get to keep the productivity of practice at the same time having fun. So just a couple of ways to have fun. I'm glad that this question got asked because it reminded me of all these things. We haven't been doing all of these things all summer long, but now it's time to start having fun again. So B, you said there's a second part to that question or two questions in this little thingy. What's the... Yes, there is a second part. All right. So the second part of the question is how do you best prepare your kids for a loss? Anything you tell them immediately after awards or do you let them process? Okay. How do I prepare our athletes for a loss? I actually learned this through my coach. Shout out to Tanaz. I don't even know Tanaz's new last name. I still call her Amajame, but owner of California All-Stars. And we went to NCA that year. We had a drop. We were not going to be winning. And so we had to wait. We had a long time to wait for awards. And back in the day at NCA, you would compete, right? They didn't have, we have TV, we have playback, right? But you'd compete, you go talk to your team, and then you'd go back into the arena and then you'd sit on the ground and watch the rest of your division until awards were done. And so we were in second place heading into day two. We had a legality on day one, which had us in second place. So we still thought we could win. And then day two, we had a drop. Team that was in first place hit, Cheer Athletics Wildcats, they hit. And then so we watched them hit. And so we were bawling our eyes out. We're crying. We're crying. We're all crying, right? I remember our coach comes over and she comes to talk to us and we're talking as a team. And I remember my boy, I remember he goes, guys, you know, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him for dropping because, you know, second place isn't bad. And I remember <laughs> Tanaz was like, uh, hey, he's like, pump the brakes, guys. <laughs> She's like, it was a great routine, but don't expect second place. Like top five for sure, but you guys should not expect second place. And I remember her just kind of giving us a reality check, you know, like, hey guys, this ain't happening, right? And so I've always like appreciated that kind of like her getting us ready for, you know, not having not having our hopes up of thinking like, oh, maybe we could still win, right? Maybe we could still, and I, and, and I contrast that against one year when I was at SFA, our pyramid completely crumbled to the ground and we're all devastated. And I remember us talking like as a team and we're like, well, a major building fall is only this many points. But if our raw score, this is this literally came out of someone's mouth. If our raw score was a 9.9, this is back when NCA was out of 10 points. If our raw score is a 9.9, then we could still win. And I, I think that routine was a 9.9. Saying it out loud sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and so we clinged on to hope. Our pyramid completely crashed to the ground. Not like one kid. Like we had three top girls who are all connected to each other. So when one girl fell, the she pulled all the other top girls down, right? So the whole thing came crashing to the ground. We're holding on to hope thinking we could still win this thing. Yeah, we didn't win. But when, so when they called us in second place, we are devastated. And it probably would have been a little bit, I mean, it still would have been hard to lose, but it probably would have been a little bit easier had we said, you know what, guys? 
guys. We're not going to win it. Let's go up there. Let's handle this with class and grace and, you know, clap for the team that comes in first place and hold our chins up high instead of crossing our fingers and praying while we're up there on the stage, right? So if I know that we're not going to win or I'm like really, really certain that we did not put ourselves in position to win, then I do give give the kids sort of a head. Now, if I think if it's close and I don't really like I think we're going to win or I'm not sure if we're going to win or whatever, then I don't say anything. But if like we had a crash and a burn or illegality and we're just not our scores just aren't where they're supposed to be, especially at a big competition, a a competition the kids like really care about. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, it doesn't really look like, you know, we we obviously had that drop. So, guys, don't go up there expecting first place. So when they don't call your name, when when you want to hear it called or they call your name before you want to hear it called, make sure that we clap for everyone that we, you know, that we're up there with respect for the other teams and we win with class, we lose with class, right? And I try to give them that heads up. Now, when things don't go our way after, right? And we lose, right? And sometimes you just lose and, you know, a team beats you, you had a good routine, team beats you, it is what it is. Then, you know, I let them know, hey guys, it's okay. We're not going to win everything. You guys should be proud of what you guys did out there on the floor. And I do tell them this, especially if it's NCA or Summit. It's okay for you guys to cry. You know, it's okay for you guys to cry because you guys poured so much time and effort and emotion into this season and into that routine that you have a lot of emotions built up and it's okay to have an emotional release. And I always tell the kids at the beginning of the season, at the end of every season, there should be an emotional release. You should either bust out into tears because all your dreams came true, right? We won the summit and you're just so overcome with emotion that you cry, right? You see all the pictures when teams win, there's kids literally crying because they had those those emotions. And I think we should give, allow kids to have those same emotions when they, when they don't reach those goals, right? Because I kind of feel like we're okay letting the kids have tears of joy when they reach their goals, but not letting them have those tears of sorrow when they put the same amount of effort into the season. So if they're allowed to have tears of joy, I think they should be able to have tears of sorrow because they still put in that same amount of emotion. Now, some kids just don't care and they don't cry at all. And you go, well, you apparently, like whether they won or lost, are just like, you didn't care at all. You're just here for the ride, right? But um, so I do tell, I do tell the kids, it's okay to have your emotions. I don't live in your emotions for the next three weeks, but you know, tonight and tomorrow, you want to be salty, bitter Betty, you know, cry. I'm going to cry. So, you know, there you go. B, you got anything you want to add on to that? No, I think I've said on here multiple times, like how I react to winning or losing for my kids. I think as a parent, you have to just be supportive no matter what the outcome is, because you are your children's safety zone. You know, if they win, you're excited. But if they lose, I still feel like you have to be somewhat positive, even though it is sad and devastating, you still have to just almost be like blank for them so they can express their emotions to you. I think just listening to them as a parent, when you just listen to your kid, if they lose, just let them get their frustrations out. And it's okay to tell your kids that today you weren't the best. Hopefully next weekend, next comp, you'll be the best because there's always going to be somebody that's better than you. So just being there for them when they lose a competition, I think is a big deal. And obviously everybody is their big hype moms and hype girls when they win. So that's that's easy to do. But when they lose, that's the harder part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, shout out to all the directors and coaches, but really like directors and owners. I, I think it's really important.
point that when teams in your program lose to make sure that you are there for those teams, especially more than you are there for the teams that win. Because everyone wants to be around a winner, right? We all like when a team wins, we all want to be there and celebrate with them and join the bandwagon. But when teams lose, like you especially want to make sure that you are, you know, that's when you truly find out who your friends are, right? When you lose, right? Because that's when all the fan Mm -hmm. air goes away. So I really try to make sure that if we have a team that uh, has, has a tough loss, that I'm over there that I really make sure I talk to those kids and just let them know that we love them and that we're proud of them no matter what, you know? And so, you know, yeah. So I think it's okay to be sad and and upset, disappointed with the results. I think that we need to caution our athletes and our teams not to let that spill over to just rage. And I'm just mad at the wrong things, right? I'm mad at this girl because she dropped or I'm mad at the judges because they, you know, know, they're favoring this team and they're playing favorites. But I think that it's okay if we keep it within the parameters of I'm just disappointed that I poured my heart into this and I didn't reach the goal I set for myself in a healthy way. I think that that is okay, but not when we spill over to, you know, hurtful things, right? So anyway, we're going to continue on. Well, let's get to a break. We have a second question of the week. We'll get to a break real quick. We have a second question of the week. When we get back, we'll uh, cue you up, fill you in on this second one. Perfect. Coaches, if we're coaching all year long, shouldn't we be learning all year long as well? Training shouldn't just happen in the summer. Coming up January 5th through the 7th of 2024, NextGen is hosting a two-day skills, business, and leadership conference in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show, and get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So we have a second question of the week. And this is kind of a follow up to the question we had last week. Last week, we were talking a lot about flyers and bases and, you know, overrated, underrated proportions and sizes. And so I thought that this question was a good question just to kind of follow up and tie up any loose ends in that conversation. So B, hit us up with our our second question of the week. All right. So my child is not a flyer. I don't want her to be a flyer. But I just noticed this over our time in cheer. When do flyer skills start to matter more than athlete size? I feel like the swapping of flyers every new season, including not reusing talented flyers, creates unneeded animosity between parents, athletes, and coaches. And let me tell you, I felt this question to my core. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, well, I'll start here. I think that skill always matters. Skill always matters. You need talented athletes if you're going to have a good team, right? If you're going to be competitive, you need to have talented athletes at all of the positions, flying, basing, back spotting, whatever the case may be, front spots. Everyone needs to have talent. And the more talent you have, the easier it is to put together stunts and and, and all those things. Now, there's something in the question that says, 
said something like, I feel like swapping out the flyers every season creates animosity between the parents and the athletes and and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I do not care about animosity between parents because one kid's flying and another kid's not flying. Like, why would I care about the animosity? Because you have insecurities about this kid's flying and my kid's not flying. As a coach, I'm trying to put the team in the best position to be successful. I'm not trying to put together a team so the parents get along in the lobby. You guys are all grown adults. Figure it out. Kid's not flying. Your kid is flying. Your kid's basing. Your kid's not basing. It is what it is. Even with the kids. Sorry, kids. You signed up for a team sport. We're trying to all put together all of our talents so that we can put the best routine out there. I specifically remember this. I I remember cheering and we had dance going on, right? And remember, back in the day, you know, when I cheered, only girls got scored on the dance, right? And so in college cheer. And so during the dance, our coach is calling out all the girls and he's leaving all the guys in the back, right? So he's going, um, you come up here to the front, you come up here to the front, you come up here to the front. And we had a girl on the team named Megan and she's a senior on the team. She's a fourth year and he hasn't called her name yet. And so he's calling everyone's name. And I remember and she's huffing and puffing in the back. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> and I remember Brad say, this isn't the Megan O'Connor show. (laughs) However, she did reply, yes, I'm a fourth year, Brad. It is the Megan O'Connor show. And I was like, wow, she just said that. Anyway, the point is, it's not the Megan O'Connor show, right? It's not, you know, it's not, this isn't all about your daughter. It's about the team. Now, Brad did have a good reason for putting her in the back. He was going to highlight her in a basket. She was a really good top girl, right? Really good flyer with basket. So he's highlighting her in a basket. That's why he left her in the back. But yeah, you know, we're not doing this so that there's not animosity between parents and, you know, athletes. We're trying to put the best team together. And if that means that this kid is flying and that means this kid is basing and this kid's backspotting and, or this kid has to base this kid. It is what it is. That's life. Now back to the core part of the question. When does talent, I think it basically said like, when does talent start to play in more than size? I think that I'm not sure there's ever a point when I can say at this point, it matters more to have more talent than to be small because at the end, of the day, what matters, what really matters is that you have bases that can lift you, right? That is like the thing. Flyer talent 100% matters. But what matters more than flyer talent is that you have bases that can actually lift the flyers. It does not matter how talented a flyer is. If we don't have the bases to lift said flyer, she can't go in the air. No matter how many years of experience she has, if we don't have the bases to lift her, then she can't go in the air. And that is just the, you know, they ha- the bases have to be able to lift someone, right? And so, you know, there's times when I see all the time, you know, when you see kids go from a youth team or sorry, from like a senior team to a junior team, they're on a senior team one year and they're the smallest kid on the team. And then they go and be on a junior team, right? The next year. And now they're just an average size kid on the team, right? And there's like, you know, kids that are three years younger than them on the team who are just simply smaller than them, right? And so when you do the math, you're like, well, who's going to lift too, right? And so, and there's times when I see girls who are who are freshmen in high school who fly on their high school team because they're around other kids their age, right? They're around other 14-year-olds and they're a small 14-year-old, but when they're on, 
on a junior team, they're the biggest kid on the team because they're 14 at the top of the age bracket, right? And so it's not that they don't have talent. It's that they're the same size as the rest of the kids on the team, right? Or the same size as the average kids on the team, right? And they, you know, the other kids just simply can't lift them, right? And so, you know, and the other thing is, I think people want to fly athletes or parents want their kids to fly. I think a lot of times when coaches make decisions to take flyers out of the air, if the coach hadn't have made the decision, that flyer would have had a miserable season. I think there's a lot of times when flyers are out of the air when that kid would have had a miserable season. You know, there's um, there's a very true story. I don't think I've ever told this story on the pod, but it cracks me up. There's a girl named Maddie Corsello. She is one. She was one of the Smoed twins back in the day. When Smoed was on their reign of world championships, there was the two flyers. They call them the Smoed twins, Janae and Maddie Corsello, right? And they were the two like blonde girls with the bobs, right? And Maddie Corsello ended up cheering at CBU, but she cheered. She cheered. My first year at American was her first year at CBU. So I never actually coached her. Now, I, I wasn't a huge, I'm still not like a huge like cheerlebity person where I know who everyone is and just know, oh yeah, Maddie Corsell is this person. So I knew that there was a kid from Smoed interested in coming to CBU. I knew her name was Maddie Corsello. I didn't know who she, I didn't know she was the Smoed twin. I just knew that she cheered at Smoed, you know, just through the kind of recruitment phase. And so recruiting her, she ends up cheering at CBU. I end up going to American. And yeah, but I would come into CBU all the time and see him. Like, oh yeah, there goes Maddie. Now Maddie, when she was at CBU was a back spot. Maddie's about my height. I'm six foot, right? Really tall kid. And I remember at CBU, CBU did this thing where they were going to mark through and do like a silly mark through. And so they were doing this silly mark through kind of as a game and they're just being silly during the mark through. And then they put Maddie up into a prep and everyone's laughing because Maddie's in a prep. And then Maddie said something like, like something about her old flying days and everyone starts laughing. And I thought the joke was, I've never really been a flyer. I've always been six foot tall. I've never actually flown. That's a joke. That's what I thought the joke was. <laughs> and I kind of laugh at it. I'm like, oh, that was funny. That was funny, right? Maddie, <laughs> you're six foot. You don't fly, right? Like the next year, I'm uh, I'm scrolling through Instagram. Someone had posted Maddie's photo, like from, C- she's in her CBU uniform and they, they had posted her photo and they put hashtag, Maddie Corsello. And I decided to click on the hashtag just to see like, you know, I don't know what's under this hashtag. You know, you just go go down the wormhole of Instagram. I click on the hashtag and then I realize she was the Smoed twin. She was like the flyer. She was one of the most popular flyers in the entire world. And she had to stop flying. She outgrew the position. I didn't even realize it was her, right? So if Maddie Corsello had to stop flying because she got too big, you know, it happens, right? And that was a very, very, very talented kid. And I'm sure she could still do all of, she could physically still do a TikTok. But when you're six foot tall, you're like, who's going to lift you at six foot tall on an all girl team, right? And shout out to Maddie because that kid, I absolutely love that kid. She was freaking great. I loved her. And I even coached her and she was awesome. So, you know, I think when we say this, I think that 
we have to realize that talent always matters, but there is, there are physical limitations as far as, you know, bases do have to be able to lift the flyer. And the other thing I'll, I'll throw on there, I have a video on my Instagram that I posted of me doing a, a full over. So a full over means I have Joey in my left hand. We do a pop over, which means she switches. So she goes from my left hand to my right hand, right? Left hand to my right hand. And at the same time, she does a 360 spin, right? So usually we do a 360 spin. It's called a full around, right? A full over would be she does a full around and a pop over at the same time. That is an elite skill. A hundred percent. Now, maybe not prep to prep, but we did it low to low. But, you know, in college cheer, a full over is a very, very elite skill. If I see someone do a full over, I know they're a really good stunter. I did a full over with Joey. And it's not because Joey at three years old is an elite flyer. It's because she's 25 pounds. I told her to stand really, 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 really tight. Stand really tight, Joey. Don't move. And because she's 25 pounds and she stood tight, I, as a good base, can manipulate her body positioning to go where I want it and I can make up for her lack of technique. And that's what happens when kids are smaller. Bases can manipulate the flyer's body positions to make up for any lack of technique they have. And that, you know, that happens every day. So, you know, you need talent, but you know, you need what you really need are bases to be able to lift the flyers. And no matter how talented a flyer is, the best flyer in the world, whoever the best flyer in the world is right now cannot fly on mini sparkle. Whoever the best flyer in the world, I'm not sure who the best flyer in the world is right now, but I'm assuming she's on a senior age world's team or a college team, whoever that is, cannot fly on mini sparkle. She can't fly on junior blue. She probably can't fly on senior three, right? Because I'm assuming she's bigger than all those kids. So you got to have bases to lift them. So anyway, there we go. B, what you got for us? I don't have anything. There you go. All right. Well, then on that, that note, we're going to get to a break. We'll wrap it up with the quote of the week. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back. We're going to get into this quote of the week. I actually really like this quote of the week, which is, don't ignore in victory what you would not ignore in defeat. I love that. I'm going to say it again. Don't ignore in victory what you would not ignore in defeat. Guys, I'm going to say it one more time. Here we go. Do not ignore in victory what you would not ignore in defeat. So when I heard that, I was like, dude, that's such a good quote. Because when I think about it, you know, there's times when we're letting the ends justify the means. And we're just like, well, because they won, I'm going to ignore this. But had they lost, you would have been furious, right? And so I think that as coaches, like we need to hold our kids to a standard regardless of what the results are. Here is the standard. Did we meet the standard? Yes. And so it's okay to meet the standard and lose. That's going to happen sometimes. And we need to teach our athletes that even if we won, if we didn't meet the standard that we can't, you know, we let's celebrate the win, but we can't ignore these 
these things that we did incorrectly. And this happens all the time, right? I'm reading our score sheets and the judges, you know, we have a standard. Where do our arms go in jumps? Here's where our arms go in jumps, right? And we'll drill it with the kids and we'll get our score sheets back and the they won't take away a jump driver. Hey, they awarded us our jump driver for arms. And I'll go, but kids, you guys did not have your arms in the right place. We got lucky this weekend. We did not have our arms in the right place. We've worked on this at practice. We didn't make sure, even though they gave us our jump driver, you know, for arms, we didn't make sure that our arms are in the right place because next week we don't know what judges we're going to get. We don't know who we're going to compete against and we might not be so lucky. So we need to make sure that we're really, regardless of the results, holding our kids to a standard of saying like, this is what we need to do. So a lot of times we'll forget those things just because the team walked away with a win and go, okay, well, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. This is a very true story. When I was playing football, I was in Pop Warner and I never jumped the count before. Jump the count, you know, you're supposed to wait until the ball is snapped. Like you're on defense, you'd wait until the ball is snapped before you go. I was really, really disciplined at looking at the ball and not moving until the ball was hiked. You're right, because they try to catch you off sides, right? Which is, you know, hey, I'm going to snap the ball on the first hut, hut, and they snap the ball, right? But, you know, sometimes they want to get tricky and they will do, hey guys, we're going to snap the ball in the second hut to try to, you know, draw the guys, you know, off sides, hut, hut, right? And, you know, and people will jump off sides and it's a penalty. So I was like really disciplined. But for whatever, reason this game this particular play I have no idea why I just decided I'm gonna go on the first hut now we were winning the game at the end of the first half we were winning 28 to 0 I remember this vividly end of the first half we're winning 28 to 0 somehow this team had came back on us all the way and they were now beating us and sometime in the fourth quarter I decided to jump the snap right and he said hut I rushed in luckily he snapped the ball but I got a really good jump on, you know, the start of the play. He dropped back the pass. I grabbed the quarterback. I throw him down. He fumbles the ball. We scoop. We score. We end up winning the game. I remember we got the practice that Monday. And I remember our coaches reaming us. They were pissed. And I remember they kept saying, guys, we blew a 28 to 0 lead. How did we let that happen? We blew a 28 to 0 lead. They weren't, they didn't let all that go because we end up winning the game. They stayed focused on we had the lead, we blew the lead, and luckily this happened where we're able to win. Like we didn't have that scoop and score, we would have lost, but we blew a 28 the point lead. So don't ignore in victory that which you would not ignore in defeat. B, do you got anything you want to add on to that? What are your thoughts? I don't really have anything. Jay and Silent Bob. Jay and Silent B. There you go. (laughs) I think that's a really good quote. I do. So, all right, guys, we did this last week. We actually said, hey, guys, if you have a review, leave it. You know, we'll read it out loud on the show. Leave a a five-star rating. Leave a review. We'll read it on the show. We actually did get a a five-star rating and a review. So we really appreciate that, which means we have to hold up our end of the bargain. So, guys, we'll do this again next week. You leave a five-star rating on the podcast. You leave a review. We will read it live on the podcast. So, B, what they say so nice about the show? Yes. 
Yes, this is from D. Danny C. She says, or he, not sure. I recommend this podcast for the parents in my gym all the time. Jason is so relatable. And while we may not compete with any of the same companies or even the same types of gyms, he has valuable information and entertaining podcasts every time. Definitely worth the download. There we go. Danny C. We appreciate that. You're the best. So if you want to hear your uh, review read on the show, definitely be sure to do so. And yeah, we'll, we'll read them. Five stars. Let's go. We appreciate it. But guys, it's time for us to wrap up. Hey, happy showcase week. Happy comp week. Let's make it happen, guys. All right. Five, six, seven, eight. We're, we're out. out. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.